Hey friend, welcome to episode 71 of the Get Confident Podcast. Episode 70, I shared the themes of what I'm up to at the moment, things that I am learning and applying to my life. And you know what? That episode went off. Like seriously went off, it went off and you listening to it and it went off in my DMs getting feedback. So that was just incredible and I'm really keen to carry that theme on. So this week I thought that I would share with you the guest episode that uh, has brought along one of the themes around commitment that I did speak about in episode 70. If you haven't listened to episode 70, feel free to pause, go listen to that episode first and then come back to episode 71, which uh, shows, I guess, more of the context of that theme around commitment that uh, I have been working on. And it was inspired by this episode with Dr. Benjamin Ritter. We talk about so much in this episode and all of it helps you to really go deeper on yourself, on your values, on your identity, on what you believe in. And once you go there, once you find and explore those answers deep within yourself, you can really utilize that to your advantage in the context of not only your life, but in your career. And that is exactly what I'm here to help you do. Gain career confidence. This episode is such a goodie. I was very happy to re-listen to it again, you know, editing it, making sure it was ready to go through your airwaves this week. Um, So many just great learnings in there. So I really hope you enjoy please do send me uh, a DM or an email or something. Just get in touch with me and tell me your takeaways, your learnings from this episode because oh, I could just listen again and again and again. You know I feel that about every single episode, but this episode in particular, I'm not even lying, and you will hear, I get people telling me all the time that they could listen to me all day, and I have such a nice voice, which I think is such a lovely compliment, but I think the exact same of Ben, so how nice is it going to be listening to both of our voices <laughs> for the next 40 minutes? Speaking of, that's enough from me, enjoy episode 71. I'm Janelle Hosking and you beautiful are here to get confident. No more self-doubt, no more overthinking, no more what ifs. I'm helping you grow your confidence so you can live a fulfilled life. Welcome to the show. Beautiful. I'm so excited for today's episode. We have got a doctor on the show today. I feel <laughs> very, very privileged and very blessed. We are speaking with Dr. Benjamin Ritter. How are you today? Doing pretty good. I usually preface that with not a medical doctor. Don't ask me <laughs> anything that's wrong with you. You know, because you're like you're flying and they're just like, do we have a doctor here? And it's like, I don't think they're talking about me. Like, I'm, <laughs> you want to write a research paper? Or you want to talk about, you know, new theories? <laughs> Oh, I love that. Yes, that is a great preface to start off with. Another thing that I always start off episodes with is this or that. So I'm going to throw out some quick five questions. You literally just have to choose the one out of the two that is most like you. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay. Call or text? (laughs) Call. Every time. Why the laugh? Oh, because it's funny because I... I hate texting it's like i i actually don't understand the technology i was like why can't it just mentally know what i wanted to say and then that gets transmitted and sent i can't wait till we do brain to brain communication whenever that happens because it's like this is just so inefficient 
because <laughs> it's not like you're not tight. At least when I type, I was trained since I was a kid, right? The types really fast. Yes. And I have I have a PC instead of a Mac and I have an iPhone. So if you had a Mac and an iPhone, then you could text type like you type the text, whatever. But yes. I can't do that with a PC. Mm. So just it's very inefficient. Got it. So calling is the way to go. All right. Very good. Mm -hmm. uh, swimming pool or going to the beach? Neither. <laughs> oh, do share. Is there a reason do why? Do I have to pick one? Do I have to pick one? <laughs> you can uh, say I, neither if you don't like any. It's fine. I just don't like getting wet. Like I'll go swim <laughs> and stuff, but I I'd much prefer. I was like really excited. I was like, oh, she's going to say hiking. And like, no, beach oh, or water. No, sorry. yeah. I'll go hiking. <laughs> okay. Well, then let's, let's reframe that then. Uh, walking or running on a treadmill or hiking? <laughs> oh, hiking. Oh, okay. Hiking. Wow. What do you like about hiking? <laughs> Everything. Uh, nature, animals, mm. the connection to the planet. We're all, it's just such a humbling experience. You know, you're working, you're moving, you're using your body. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Is hiking something that you do regularly? Regularly? I like to get out in nature. I like I, We have a lake path that I'll run on a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's just, if you ask me what I want to do on vacation, it's not to go sit on a beach. It's to go find somewhere to walk for 10 hours and to be like, well, that was really tiring. Let's have a snack bar. <laughs> you know, mm. just like, and feel like we're part of the world. I love that. That literally happened to my partner and I yesterday. We were um, in Topol, which is like, it's about an hour and a half away from where we live. And we'd spent the night there in our camper van. And then I was like, oh, let's, let's go for a walk. My friend told us this walk was 5K return. And then we get to the sign and the sign says it's 10K return. And my partner just kind of looks at me and stares and he's like, in his mind, I could see he's like, I'm not dressed for this kind of walk wearing denim shorts. <laughs> and here I was full active room. I'm like, did you not get what I was going for? Like a proper walk. But um, yeah, I think hiking is lots of lots of fun doing activities like that and being out in nature for sure. Okay, a couple more. Reading books or audiobooks? Reading. Okay. What book are you reading right now? What book am I not reading? Let's see. I am reading <laughs> Buy Back Your Time. Cool. And I don't know if you've read by Dan Martell. Mm -hmm. And I just finished The Beach. And I just finished another book called Die With Zero. The Beach was really neat. It was more of a more of a fun book with some interesting like morals kind of interwoven throughout it. Mm -hmm. So do you like a mix of like, um, say, educational books and fiction books, or do you kind of stick to one area? I tend to be pretty specific. So personal and professional development books focus mm -hmm. on, a, on a skill that I'm trying to learn at a time mm -hmm. or something that I'm trying to research for a client or for a project. But I have a problem and I need to go to like a support group for it or something. But when we get to like modern fantasy books, like I will, if the series, I like long series, I like 12 yeah. books in a series, 10 books in a series. The problem is every single second of my downtime is spent reading those books. And like, there's other things that I want to learn right now. Mm. Like I'm taking Spanish every week and I'm, I have to start. So that means I have to study it during the week. And like anything else that I'm working on just goes away. Like, like, <laughs> like I need to buy a bed right now where we bought a house. So I have to buy like all this stuff and like no yeah. research will get done if I'm reading a fantasy book. Interesting. Well, I still feel like having your 
facing a book is better than being glued to a screen watching something on Netflix. Yes, and I 100% agree. I just don't really watch TV. Like it's mm. it's very rare. So if we're going, there's it's not like an A or B for me. It's like yeah, spending all your time reading. This is it. Or <laughs> doing, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I gotcha. Um, last one. This is a bit of a random one, and this is to do with I guess like attire and how you dress. Are you more of a color person or black and white staples? Depends again. <laughs> so I love vibrancy and colors and uniqueness, but mm. I also really like simple and mm. like dark and black. And so it kind of depends on where I'm going. Like you could see me in this like huge furry puffy coat with crazy top hats and colors and stuff because I'm mm. like a go to burning man like parties like that but most Love of the it. time i'm just like a plain v-neck and you know some some pants uh, mm -hmm. so it just kind of really depends on the mood but i have both sides it's so and cool. it just depends on when i want to take them out Mm, and I love the way you frame that as well like it just depends on how or when I want to take them out you know that's so good okay I'm very excited to get into the episode today and to hear about your journey because for me just from you know the prior conversation you and I had before jumping on and recording and um, checking out your stuff online it feels like you've had a lot of experience around like following your curiosity, leaning into it. And either for some reason, maybe the door gets shut because funding might go away or you realize, hey, this actually isn't what I want to be doing. And I think that that's an amazing experience to have because then obviously you can do what you're doing right now and use that experience to help others. So I would love if you could start by catching us up, giving us a brief summary of some of your journey that has led you to being here today. And then we can talk about the worst advice that you were ever given. Well, so I just woke up. I knew exactly what I wanted to do for my career. And then that was it. And the end. It's been great. Episode done. The end. <laughs> Episode done. If there's anyone listening that that's happened to, then you are such a rarity. And I don't mm -hmm. think many people understand that. I mean, if you are even in your 30s or 40s and know exactly what you want to do for the rest of your career, you're probably in a small, like in the small percentage of people mm -hmm. or feel completely confident. I just want to normalize the fact that like if you are questioning what you should be doing, then you're also a small percentage of people that are questioning what they should be doing, like this level of awareness and introspection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I used to think to myself, man, it would be really great just to be like, totally great with anything mm. <laughs> you know like to never question the meaning of stuff to never mm. wonder you know what else is out there and to want more and that's but it's a it's a beautiful thing because everything mm. that has been innovated or created or disrupted society in a way it comes from someone that isn't happy it comes from someone that wants to see improvement and change and impact so okay about me so i currently coach senior leaders to basically identify what it is they want to create in the world, what sort of mm -hmm. impact they want to have, turn that into their kind of integrate that with their executive brand. So what are their leadership values? What should their executive presence be? How can they make sure that they're intentionally showing up at what as whatever it is they want to create? And then really turn that into a job they can make money from in a meaningful career. And 
create and craft and instill the abilities to lead themselves forwards for the rest of their professional journey. Mm-hmm. And so basically create a career that someone can love so they can be the leader of their own career. I also work internally in organizations to develop talent development programs. So that's leadership trainings, that's leadership assessments, that's performance management, that's training leaders how to be better leaders. Because mm-hmm. I like to not only help people really become empowered and accountable over what they want to do for their job, but also ensure that they're in a place in an organization where they can do that. So that means working with the leaders and the organizations. Mm-hmm. And this all came about because I have experienced a variety of professional disappointments. I think his, I think historically, if you were to define, like a, if you were to write down a timeline of my professional journey, there'd be pretty much, oh, that didn't work out. That didn't work out. That didn't work out. And then that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, he blamed everybody and blamed the organization and blamed his leaders and was a negative Nancy for a very long time and played the victim. And by the way, that saying, whoever, Nancy, I'm sorry. Nancy, if you're out there, you're not negative. You know, it's, we're not referring to you. Uh, but then I, I woke up. And when I woke up from that disappointment and that victimhood and that negativity around my career, because of the, dis- the disappointments I faced, mm-hmm. I realized that I was in control of how I felt. Mm-hmm. I was in control of what I accepted. And I was in control of what I created. And that led me to create a really, uh, do like a career audit. Like, what do I want to work on? What do I want to learn? What Mm -hmm. am I passionate about? Who do I want to work with? And that led me to really uh, discover and and the kind of like to figure out that I wanted to merge coaching, leadership and talent development, and a few other things uh, into a professional career. I didn't know what yet. That's why actually I tried a bunch of different things to figure out where I wanted to be today. Mm-hmm. But I took control and I took responsibility. And I'm happy to get into any other the kind of expand on any of those points more as we For dive sure. into my story. For sure. I think that is so interesting that you talk about how when you were in that place, you blamed everybody outside of yourself. Because I think that's what we naturally do, because we that's what we see. And so that then is what we do. It's just this blame game. And I also love that you realize, well, actually, I'm I'm responsible here. And I think when we actually take that ownership and we take that responsibility on ourselves, really the world is your oyster. And that's obviously what you have gone and done. And so you mentioned you woke up. Is there anything you can define or share that made that awakening happen or get started for you? Some people are in a really dark place Mm -hmm. and they decide to hide under the covers and make sure all the lights are off. Some people look for the glimmer of light. And then they move towards it. And I think I've always looked for the glimmer of light, right? The candle in the darkness, the the crack in the door. Mm -hmm. And it just took me a long time to find it. And so I was constantly doing little things to try to discover what it was that I wanted to work on. And I was saying yes to opportunities and exploring and being curious. But it just took me a while to realize that you know, you need to combine curiosity with a little bit more of personal accountability. Mm. And so when I think 
I built up enough momentum in that regards. Then all of a sudden I'm walking into work, looking around, noticing that everyone looks like they're dreading what they're doing. And it just made me think, why do we work like this? Why are we doing this? And then I was like, whoa, I'm doing this. And what do I want to do about it? And, you know, I think at that time too, which is, this is part of the reason why I chose the career path I did. I was in front of somebody that was doing the thing that was similar to what I wanted to do. Hmm. So I was selected for 16 months of leadership training mm-hmm. in my organization. And I, so I was a high achiever that didn't work. Like it didn't work very hard. <laughs> I, I was more productive than the average person there but didn't really try, didn't really, like I was going to work trying not to work. I got the things I needed to get done. Mm. I think there was, I was a high, uh, there was high potential, right? But they couldn't but figure they out But they weren't getting the best out of you. Mm. And so I was selected for this program. I was paired up with this mentor and he was in charge of all of us. He was in charge of the entire program, all leadership development across the organization. And he was the, and he was the only person in that organization that I engaged with that I respected. Wow. And he had a way of connecting to me and speaking to me that no other leader did in that organization. And that I think showed me, right, the possibilities. And I think it highlighted where where I cared the most about and, and the fact that I was I had more opportunity than I thought. And so you think, okay, so when you're in the dark, do you just accept that you're in the dark or do you look for the light? It may take you a while to find mm-hmm. that light, but if you are looking, you will, and when you see it, right, you will know. Absolutely. So that is beautiful that you, I guess I want, I want to word it that you found a mentor in a way and someone that you, you looked up to and admired and that you really respected and you could learn from. Do you think that that's important for anyone on the journey of trying to find that light is, is to, um, even if they, again, don't know what that light is or what that answer is, find someone who they are inspired by or motivated by and learn from them or like, mirror what they're doing is there anything in that mental piece that's important it's more so just getting out of your, your sphere of influence if you don't have mm-hmm. someone that's motivating you to find something that does so part of the career sweet spot which is what how i guide clients to find that their job that they should be focused on part of that is passion and purpose mm-hmm. you'll probably hear this a lot but it's not the only thing but it's a piece of it that says, like, what excites you? What is something that you would leave your house to go do if you weren't getting paid for it? What is an article that you would read if someone sent it to you? What's a podcast title that you would listen to if, you know, if you saw it? And if, we, if you don't know the answers to those questions, then you need to go find it. It could be in a person, like a mentor. Mm-hmm. But a mentor also could be a book. It could be a podcast. It, yes. it could it could be literally anything that feeds you and gets you motivated and inspired. That's a wonderful answer. And because especially when we are on that journey of not really knowing what the answer is yet, you kind of do 
grasp to anything and everything or you can be like a deer in the headlights and just like you said about this some people just sit in the dark and so if you're questioning yourself and able to identify something that might excite you and and those titles I really like that it's like a really simple way to um probably just get started right and that's what a lot of it's about when people they're they're in this place where they're not happy and everything just seems so big and so scary it's like well we can break it down and make it really simple so you've got a lot of experience in applying interviewing and then getting jobs with the jobs that you were going for say before you decided to start your business did you believe at the time that they were your purpose well i had a experience with my purpose at a young age mm-hmm. that uh, pretty much detached me from the concept Okay. So when I was younger, I thought that soccer was my purpose. And so I dedicated everything to it. Like they don't give you an instruction manual when you, when someone gives you this advice. And by the way, if you are follow, if you are using a piece of advice to live your life, pause for a moment and build out an instruction manual that you think <laughs> needs to go with that piece of advice, because yes. just following a word, like you can get very, you can get in trouble. And Mm. so I gave up my friends. I didn't watch anything on TV. I didn't read any book that didn't relate to my purpose. I literally thought it was, you know, find it, choose it, commit to it, dedicate every single waking moment to it, which does not lead to a very healthy development of an individual when they're younger. Yeah. And so when I broke up with my purpose or it broke up with me and, you know, we just kind of decided to part ways I never wanted that again. And so the other jobs that I had, you know, I always had the belief that I was bigger than them, greater than them, more important than them. And so I was trying to do something that I was interested in, not something that I defined as my purpose. Mm. And so initially that was dietetics and nutrition, but then they canceled my major in school then I, I ended up with a marketing degree, but really didn't like marketing. So I went back and got um, a joint graduate degree. And during that time, I felt I really fell in, like I felt really, I got really interested in with health policy mm-hmm. and changing people's behavior and habits to improve the health of the world, which is kind of related to dietetics initially. I did a little bit of work in that space. Then the economy kind of went through a tough time. Federal funding got cut, lost that job. And then I got four other offers, but each of them were canceled after I signed the contract. Wow. I was like supposed to start work and then it was canceled. I got an offer and then I wasn't supposed to start work and then it got canceled and it afforded a couple of different places. And that eventually led me into networking into a healthcare role. So I worked in healthcare mm-hmm. for about seven years in process and quality improvement and then on the executive team. But again, also didn't really feel like I chose that because I didn't, right? I kind of... Mm. It chose me or I networked into it because I have a scarcity mindset. Yeah. And then um, since then, my work isn't my purpose. My work is a way for me to apply the values that I feel are important to myself in a way that positively influences the world. And so my number one value is health, as you can see kind of from my career. And at this point in time, the the thing that I feel that is most important about health that I can impact and the world wants to pay me for 
has to do with professional development. Mm -hmm. And what's so cool about not saying this is the thing that is my purpose is that if I lose this job or my business goes under, I can find a variety of ways to improve the health of the world. And maybe it's not professional development that I want to work on in the future. Maybe it's something else. But right now it's it's leadership and executive and career development because I want people to feel that they can have whatever it is they want in their career, that it is possible. But I can I may want to do it a different way. And so it's really, a, it's, an, it's the concept of like values first careers instead of like purpose first. So purpose is is a way for you to feel more fulfilled about your career, not the only way to have a career. Yeah, I think that's so important because there's so many people out there and I've been in this place before in my life too. And, and you have as well, especially having that experience of like you have this important purpose and then actually no, that's not your purpose anymore. And so when we've got this perception that we have to find our purpose, it puts this big pressure and expectation on us. And especially when we don't have that roadmap to know how to get there. And of course, there's no one right way. But if you can take it back and at least in the beginning, start with, okay, well, actually, what are my personal values? That's like you, a lot of what I do with my clients is help them to identify what their own values are and using that as a starting point, because if they're following those, that can lead to, yeah, feeling more purposeful and also fully giving yourself permission to change your mind at any time, you know, because I think when we are younger, it might be different over where you are, but I know here in New Zealand, sometimes the, the attitude in schooling is that you're going to make a decision by 17 or 18 years old about what you want to do for your whole freaking life. You're going to pay thousands and thousands of dollars and you're going to go to university. You're going to study in it and then you're going to get a job straight away. And that will just be you and the rest of your life. But the reality is that is so not the case. I personally chose not to go to university and I'm really grateful that I did because so many of my friends now who did go to university had um, realized while they were still in it that this isn't what they want to be doing at all, but they stuck with it, which I think is actually great, you know, sticking with something to to get completion and then hopefully that leads them to where they do want to go or helps them if they're curious enough and they know their values to get where they actually do want to go. Um, but yeah, starting with your values is great. What would you say to someone as kind of the next step? Like they've identified their, their values. How can they then get curious to explore possible opportunities with those? I'd say you kind of have to, when you're younger, focus more on exploring than focus more than on your values. Interesting. Now, yeah, because you, you will know what interests you and then you follow those interests and you get good at something and getting, getting good at something makes you usually want to do more of it. Mm -hmm. And you may find that the thing that you're good at isn't something that you care about anymore. So you may go exploring and find something else you're curious about and that you're interested in. And through your experiences, you can start uncovering your values. Mm. But it's very difficult to sit back and say, these are my, at a young age, these are my values. No, these are your interests. These are the times that you were maybe the happiest or the least happy. These are the times where you felt the most challenged and motivated. Great. So let's take those and start pulling on those threads and following them. Mm 
and having more experiences within those areas. Mm. I think if at two of a young age, if we decide what we're supposed to do, what we should focus <laughs> on, we're going to severely limit our ability to actually explore life and figure mm. out where maybe we want to focus. I think as we're older, a little bit older, maybe have our first job experience or so, maybe our, two, our first and second job experience, then I think we can start asking ourselves some more questions like, well, where do I want to focus more on? Because then time becomes a little bit more valuable in terms of skill development and career development. Now, I know people that have transitioned their careers in their 40s and 50s mm -hmm. and even 60s, mm -hmm. so it's never too late. But it does impact, you know, the amount usually you can a certain period of time. I, I'd say like I, I transitioned my career within three years. And so that's not very long. Like if you really were to think about it, like I was working in a completely different field. And in three years, I was making more than I was making in my previous position. Wow. You know, in, in the different arena. Mm -hmm. So it is, I wouldn't be too concerned about picking the wrong thing. Initially, you want to pick totally. something that interests you enough that it's going to keep you interested in the thing you're doing. So you learn mm -hmm. it, you get good at it, and mm -hmm. then you learn more about what you want to do. How important, importance, how important was self-confidence for you in that transition period? You know, you, you just said that it only took three years did you have to intentionally uh, work on confidence to get you to a point where you were like, cool, I know I can do this and I'm got like, I I've, I've got this or was it just not even a question for you? Well, the confidence piece came when I lost my purpose when I was younger. So I, again, I, I was kind of lucky that everything went to, went to, went Shit. In, <laughs> in forward, Yeah. And uh, when I was younger, because it, it taught me a lot of really valuable lessons and I knew that it went to shit because I didn't believe in myself mm. and it really highlighted the fact that I needed to really, I needed to believe in myself because if I, if I didn't, the, a lot of things were going to break because uh, mm. I, I developed some mental issues. Like it just personally, like I had, I didn't know who I was. I felt awkward in social situations. I was limiting my life. I had a, a severe, like I had a very strong inner critic in comparison to my inner champ holding me back. So I spent many years putting myself in uncomfortable situations, reframing negative beliefs, and really becoming my best champion, like becoming the self-leader that I try to encourage other people to be, to be today and guiding those individuals to really believe that anything is possible for themselves or to help them feel empowered and accountable for whatever they want to create. And so when I went, you know, when I was in this interesting period in my career, once I made a decision and committed to something, there wasn't, I don't believe in myself. It was, oh yeah, I can do this <laughs> because I, I had the confidence. I it, And the reason why I was stuck in my career wasn't because I wasn't confident. It was because I didn't really feel empowered or accountable. Like I mm. didn't, I didn't feel like I was the one that needed to do that. Mm. And I was, I was angry at my organization for creating an environment where I felt this way when really it was like, okay, hold on a second. You have, to have that wrong. It's me. <laughs> That's the beauty of commitment. That's the beauty of when you understand the power of commitment. It doesn't actually, it doesn't even matter if you believe in yourself. I'd say, you know, the, one of the three C's of self-leadership is confidence. So we work on that with our clients and we work on self-efficacy and self-esteem. So belief in yourself and belief in your skills. Mm -hmm. But I'd say more powerful than anything is commitment. It's actually so scary how powerful commitment is, right? That's when I, when I define something as my purpose and I committed to it, I committed to it to like no matter what, 
and that was dangerous. Uh, you look at this with relationships. You know, some people are so loyal when they commit to somebody. That's it, no matter what. And sometimes to, to their detriment, right? If they're an abusive totally. or, or, or a relationship that is focused on mm -hmm. harassment, they feel loyal. I'm working with an executive right now who, you know, is committed to his leader. His leader is is abusive. And it's a negative toxic work environment. And he he's realized that and now we're making an exit. But it, it, we can use that to our advantage. Like when it comes to committing to make a change in our career. Mm -hmm. And I think people miss out on this because they're like, oh, I'm going to try a diet. I'm going to try to eat healthier. No, no, no. You're going to commit to it. Mm. It doesn't mean you're not going to mess up. Like let's say you you eat, you know, that that dessert like at, mm. at night because you just really wanted it. Well, people that don't understand commitment, people that don't feel committed feel that then they've now they now can eat whatever they want the next day mm -hmm. because they've already they've already it's it's already a loss. A commitment doesn't care about when you lose, it cares about how committed you are to it. Which mm -hmm. means that like, oh I had I slipped up, great, I'm still committed. What do I need to do to improve it for next time? Mm -hmm. And your self-confidence also grows the more you practice that commitment the more you say you're going to do something and you stick to it you know especially if it's a commitment for yourself and that's so fascinating that you talk about that because I'm in the stage where my partner and I right now are trying to focus more on health and we sat down last night to watch a movie and he had just we'd just been having a discussion a few hours earlier about like okay I think we should try and commit to see even the word try and commit like that's you're screwed right there. But anyway, mm -hmm. the story goes, he said, oh, I think we should commit or try to commit to not eating past 6 p.m. at night. Fast forward a few hours at this point at 7.30. We sit down to watch a movie and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to have a, a snack out of the fridge. And I was like, why don't you just not? Like we just said... <laughs> we were going to you know and I'm not trying to dog on him or anything but more put the mirror on myself and I was so proud of me for the fact that he did come and sit down and have a treat and it was raw vegan chocolate like it was a healthier alternative but I was still like no nope, I'm not having any you know and so that to me I wake up today feeling really proud of myself that I made that little commitment and have now stuck to it and how much of this commitment piece do you think relates to or um creates an importance on changing and evolving your identity because there is this concept I was actually listening to this on a podcast recently talking about if you're quitting smoking instead of when somebody asks you if you want to smoke saying oh no I'm trying to quit you just respond by saying I don't smoke you know, you've changed your identity. You're no longer a smoker. I don't smoke. So it's not even uh, it's not even in the terminology or the words that you're using anymore, which to me goes back to changing that identity. It goes right along with the trying to commit. Mm. You know, when you have an identity towards something, you just are. Yeah. So it's, if you're trying to do anything in life, it's not that you're bad at conflict or you're trying to get better at conflict. It's, I'm learning how to manage conflict. It's and it's just a it's a different way of perceiving a situation and yourself so that you can then operate in a way that is more intentional towards what you want to achieve. So when you walk into a room and it's after 6 p.m. and someone goes, Do you want to eat this? You you then don't say, I'm trying not to eat, but that means I'm <laughs> trying. You go, I don't eat after six. Yeah. 
It's a done deal. It's no, there's no question. It's a people, I have a pretty strict dietary regimen. Amazing. And except for, except for French fries. I gotta, you know, when I'm <laughs> I out, love potatoes. Potatoes are life for me. <laughs> not giving up potatoes. No, never. All kinds of potatoes. But there are certain things I just don't eat. Like I don't mm -hmm. eat regular sweets. You know, mm -hmm. and I just don't. I, I haven't in a very, very, very long time. And people are like, Ben, how do you have such good willpower? I'm like, I don't. Like if you brought that vegan gluten-free brownie in here, like you, you brought a cake in here, I I would eat the whole cake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. because I have no rules about that cake. I have a commitment towards not eating the other types of foods. And so people used to be like, oh, Ben likes all these like special sweets and stuff. Let's get him all these sweets. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I have. Those are the things I go get when I want to treat for myself, not things I want to keep in the house because no. I I would eat it all. And mm -hmm. it's like the there's such a strong difference between making a decision never to do something to making a decision of I'm going to do this sometimes. And like for your career, if you were to say, I will always give direct feedback. I will always take a look at what I want, like in terms of my work that I want to do each and every day and have a conversation with my leader about it. Mm -hmm. I will always talk about my career development with my leader. I will always be open and curious to new opportunities. And there's just a, a change that happens in your level of professional success. I will always share what I'm passionate about with people that I meet. And so you can align how you operate on a day-to-day -day basis to help you succeed professionally. And I work, I work very, uh, like very extensively with my clients on defining their values and their brand and their story. Mm -hmm. And so when they meet somebody new, they're able to then in a very short amount of time, leave an impression that can help them potentially, you know, get, get new opportunities in their career. And they know they will, and like, this is it's something, uh, kind of an example. If someone mm -hmm. sends a denial email for a job or a recruiter calls them and says there aren't any opportunities or they're talking to a friend, but they're looking for a new job, mm -hmm. it is, they are committed to always sharing what they're looking for, what they're interested in, what their strengths are and what their values are. Mm -hmm. And that is really difficult for a lot of people. It's a, it's a change in how they operate and how they communicate when it comes to their professional career. Do you think it's difficult in a such a big change for people because so many of us don't actually know, you know, like they don't know what they're looking for. They don't know what they want. They just know that what they're in right now isn't it. So then it would be, I always lead with curiosity <laughs> and mm -hmm. explore new, new opportunities and ideas and thoughts around my career. Mm-hmm. So it's, if there's an event about, you know, something that you may not be interested in, but you don't know, you go to it, or you connect on LinkedIn with one, one person a week to have a conversation about the thing that they're doing, or mm -hmm. you're reading a book about a different career topic, or you're listening to different, you do one new podcast a week on a different topic or different industry. And it's that you lead, you, you go into work trying to discover something that you really enjoy and work on. You know, it's, it's, I think it's just this per, it's this perspective on work where I'm not, my work doesn't control me. 
right? I choose to, to feel a certain way and act a certain way each and every single day when it comes to my work and I'm not giving up and I'm not angry because it's mm -hmm. a process and I'm learning along this journey. And so even if you don't know, which oh, some people will come work to me and be like, you know what? I, I don't want to work with you yet until I understand what I want to work on. I said, that, but, but you That's don't, not but you're not, you're not going to figure that out. Same with me. Because you're, <laughs> because you're holding yourself back mm. with, with a belief system that says, I can't do anything until I know. That's mm -hmm. kind of like dating. And being like, mm -hmm. I can't go on a date with someone until I know they're the person I want to be with for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine if you dated like that? You just wouldn't go on dates because how are you supposed Ever. to know? And also, you'd pro in my view, you'd probably end up with more failures and successes because if you haven't actually gone on that date with them, if you haven't actually spent time with them in person, you're most likely judging them on what they put out there in the world of social media. And we know that's quite often either a facade or just the highlights of a person's life. And so you're probably going to be really disappointed when you meet them. 100%. 100%. People, too often people operate their careers like that. Mm. Or this is good enough. I know. I'm unhappy about these things. So I'm just going to stay here. Yeah. Because I don't believe what's possible. So just one last thing before we wrap up for today this has been very thought provoking and i feel like i could just keep talking with you about this so we might have to get you on again at some point but for the person listening who is in that place of like not let's say not being happy, but also not feeling motivated or having that belief in themselves to do something about it. What piece of encouragement, inspiration or tool could you share with them to help them have that belief and that curiosity to move forward? Well, there's not one tool, so, but I'll, I'll, give, you a, a theme. <laughs> I'll give you a theme. Mm-hmm. And usually people that are hesitant or holding themselves back uh, tend to not have an environment that leads to activity or motivation or curiosity or positivity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the one thing, even though it includes a variety of things, would be to change your environment. And it doesn't mean you have to move. It doesn't mean you have to quit your job. What it does mean is take a look. Who are the three most negative people in your life? Mm -hmm. Cut them out. Who are the three most positive people in your life that are doing something that you're interested in? Bring them closer. And then listen and read only things that relate to motivation, curiosity, exploration, positivity, gratitude, anything that's positive. Cut out the news. Cut out that murder mystery that you're reading. Cut out mm. that, uh, that real murder life podcast thing that you're listening to. Like Anything that has any semblance of negativity to it, get rid of it and surround yourself, you're curating basically this bubble, this environment that is going to propel you forwards in life because it's very difficult, right? To not flow with the current of a raging river. And so if you can create a raging river around you that is filled with those types of things that you need in your life, you're mm -hmm. going to be swept away in a good way. 
That is beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. And another thing as well is go check out the link in the description below so you can uh, download the five secrets to creating a fulfilling career, which Ben has created. And then that gets you on his email list and he sends awesome emails. I signed up like weeks ago. And so I've just been singing and reading all of these emails and I think that they're amazing. So go check out the description and do that. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Ben. This has just been, like I said, really thought-provoking. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me.